And so, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We see in our reading today that we have two women still mourning, traveling to see the tomb of their friend and their Lord Jesus. They have many things going through their minds, mostly that of loss, especially because their friend Jesus is dead. All of this restoration and and healing that's gone, all of those, those teachings, they're now saddened by the silence. They see all of this glory in Jesus. They knew all of this glory in Jesus. But now all they see is death. As they're walking with these many things going on and going through their minds, all of a sudden there's an earthquake. And they run ahead to see what has happened. And they see this young man mockingly almost sitting on top of this stone that was in front of the grave of Jesus. He looks like a god. He is dazzlingly shining. He's otherworldly. He is like nothing they have ever seen before. And as they look, they see the Roman guard that has been guarding Jesus' tomb, and there, these men are all, all terrified, and they, they faint due to, fear, to the, due to their terror. And these women run up to this young man sitting on the stone, and he says, do not be afraid. Of all things that are going on right now, do not let fear be one of them, but rather rejoice. Rejoice because you're looking for Jesus, you're looking for his corpse, but it's not here. He is risen from the dead. He is alive. Now go, go and tell everyone, beginning with the disciples. And in fear and in confusion and in joy, they go. They listen to this young man and they hurriedly walk back to find Jesus' disciples. All of these, these thoughts, all of these mournings, everything that has been going on in their minds, it's now been replaced by confusion. What is happening? What is going on? And as they're walking and talking and trying to get a better grasp and understanding of what's happening here, a familiar voice chimes up. Greetings. And it's Jesus. These women with with even more shock on their faces now fall down at his feet. Tears of joy streaming from their faces. He is no longer just their friend. He is no longer just their Lord, just their teacher. He is their God, risen from the dead. He is alive. They have no idea what this might mean for them, but they all they know and all they focus on right now is Jesus is alive. But Jesus tenderly picks them up and sends them back on their way, saying, Go and tell the disciples. I will meet you ahead in Galilee. Just put yourself in the shoes of these women. 
This has got to be one of the most confusing things that they have ever gone through. And I know that I have shared this, this example before, but just, just think of it like this. That your loved one, your spouse, your child, your parent, your closest friend has died. And that you have gone through all of the motions to go to the funeral home to help with the preparations, to then pick out the casket, to then call the pastor, set up the funeral, go through the whole funeral service. You take them and you commit them into the ground. You bury them. And then the following day comes, the, the hurt is still fresh on your heart. And you go to see the grave of your loved one, just maybe to sit by and, and think about everything, maybe to, to tend the flowers, maybe to add new flowers to it. But when you show up, their grave has been unearthed. The vault has been thrown open, and their casket has been just torn to pieces. How would you react? I would be angry. I would be probably so confused that I would be angry. What is happening? What is going on? And as you get in your car to, to go to the police, to go to the funeral home, to start yelling at somebody for what's going on with this, you see your loved one walking down the street. How would you react? I, again, would probably be, probably be so confused that it would make me mad, and I would pull over and start yelling at this person, you're supposed to be dead. What are you doing? But yet in the midst of all of this confusion, all of this confusion that these women are going through, Jesus is risen. The hurt and the pain is still fresh in their hearts. But Jesus is still risen. They have seen him go through literal hell. And now he's risen. They saw him put to shame mocked, abused. They saw the spear pierce his side. But now he's alive. They saw Joseph go and, and take his body down from the cross. They saw them, the, the few remaining disciples put Jesus in the tomb. But now he's alive. What does this mean? What is going on here? Because when we look at all of this, it's the same question that we still wrestle with. What does this mean? It's a challenging question for us because just as much as it was back then, it still is today, it is unnatural. It is confusing and unnatural. Because what do we know of dead people? They stay dead. It's a thing of, of, of a horror movie when we see the dead come back to life. But this isn't horror. While there is fear and terror, like we might see in a horror movie or story, there is joy here. What this means is that by Jesus being risen from the grave, 
all of these promises that have been made are now fulfilled in him. I personally continually keep going back to John chapter 14, where Jesus says, because I live, you will live. He says that he will not leave us as orphans. And so what do we see in the resurrection? He wasn't lying. He was full of truth, and he keeps his word. And so there we see that because he now lives, we will live. So what do we see in this resurrection but life? But not only has death lost its power to hold us, but the thing that causes death loses power. As we look through all of Scripture, we see that in order to pay for sin, something must die, blood must be shed. We see that as a result of sin, there is death. Here to then destroy, to destroy the power of death, the power of sin must also be destroyed. And in Jesus, it happens. With his death, sin is taken care of. With his death, death is now also paid. Because through his death then comes his resurrection. And from that resurrection comes the fulfillment of all of these things. As we reflect mournfully on Good Friday, we hear these cries that Jesus screams from the cross, that he is forsaken, that he gives up his spirit, that he breathes his last breath. But we realize now that he is forsaken and abandoned so that we would not be. He dies so that we will live. And now with him risen from the grave, what does this all mean? It means that all of these things are fulfilled and completed in him. And our confidence in this comes from the witness of our brothers and sisters. We are confident because God has continued to share this story and this truth with us. It is an amazing thing that as God works, he does so inside of his creation. He does so by entering into our creation as one of us, as a child born like every one of us. He dies a death that is a very human death. But he rises from the grave, still in the flesh. And God continues to work through humanity to bring this truth and this victory to all people. And now we hear the, the voice of the witnesses as we are blessed to hear how God's love has been brought to the world. The book of Acts is the chronicle of this beginning where we see the people who are invigorated and enlightened by this life of Christ that they leave everything, everything, so that they can tell of the risen Jesus. They break through social lines so that people might know of the life of God. They ignore all of these, all of these awful and horrible things so that people might know 
The resurrection has happened. Jesus is risen. And this means life and victory for us. Jesus rises from the grave and immediately tells them to go start sharing the word. And these apostles who couldn't listen to Jesus to even keep their eyes open at the Garden of Gethsemane as we reflected on on Good Friday, here they listen. And they go. And they spread this, world, this word of life to every inch of the world. How can we be so confident? Because we ourselves have heard. And it's not just on their own authority that they are acting, but by the Holy Spirit that blesses them too. As we will see in a couple of weeks, the holy holiday of Pentecost, where God now partners in the Spirit with humanity to spread this gospel message of forgiveness and life. And we continue this. The apostles have shared this information with us, and this information has continued on. We confess together what we call the apostolic faith, because what the apostles have shared, who saw Jesus risen from the grave, we have continued in. We haven't added, we haven't taken away, we have just continued in. Because this one day when the Spirit arrives, it ignites a fire in the heart of all of God's people. And it is a blazing fire that's like a wildfire in the midst of a dry forest that burns hotly and spreads to every inch. And this burning passion that is in us is the gospel that we then turn to be those disciples that the apostles have trained to go and proclaim this wonderful victory. When we look at Paul and what he says in Colossians, but also in other places, this other apostle who is just invigorating us and burning that passion even more in us, he shows us how baptism that we are given that in baptism we die with Christ and we rise with him, that we are partnered with Jesus in his death and resurrection. And now as we look at Colossians today, Paul points out that if we are raised in Jesus, by Jesus, through Jesus, in our gift of baptism, we are now to change our minds, to set them on the things that are above and not on the things of earth that we are concerned with people's spiritual welfare, that they know who Christ is. So just like those apostles, those women who go from the tomb, we also leave from the tomb, looking and seeing that this tomb is empty, that Christ is risen, that we then leave from that tomb so that we might share this truth with everyone where our minds are focused on Christ and on his resurrection and not on the problems of this life. And to do that, to set our minds on things, we just continue what we've been doing. That as we looked at through the, the, the 40 days of Lent, we were looking at the red letter challenge to challenge ourselves to reflect more fully who God is and what he has done for us. That we reflect God to the world. 
And what helps keep me focused is places like Ezekiel 18, where God tells us that he does not delight in the death of sinners, but he delights in people turning from death to life, turning from sin to him. God delights when we help him in this work. God delights when we go out with the resurrection of Jesus to release people from their sins and to give them life. That they would no longer be captive by death, but receive the life of God. And God takes such pleasure in this that he partners with us in this. He comes to us as his very Holy Spirit to give us even the words to say that we might connect with people, that we might love them and care for them, to show them how all of the wrongs in their lives that they might have experienced are paid for by the blood of Christ and everything is made new as he rises from the grave. And then that wildfire that started in the heart of the apostles as they rise with Christ from that empty tomb, that heart, that burning fire that burns in us as well is then passed on even further to other people as this gospel beauty of resurrection ignites their hearts as well. This is why Easter is so important. It's not just a holiday. For us, it is everything. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, without this resurrection, everything is pointless. But as someone here shared with me this morning, the most important word is but. But Christ is raised from the dead. But Christ has paid for our sins. But Christ has defeated death for us. This is why Easter is so important for us. It's not just one day, but it is our daily remembrance how Christ is risen from the dead. And what his resurrection means for us is life eternal. And what that life eternal means for us are hearts that burn with the passion of the gospel. Knowing that in him, through him, by him, however you want to say it, we are saved. And it's not just us. But this is the message of joy and life for every single human being that has ever lived, that will ever live. Even those people that are right next door to you. Those people that you can easily reach out to. Let that passion burn in you. Do not hide it. Do not hide it under a lamp or under a a basket, but let that light, that wild fire burn. Let the light of Christ shine then from that. Amen, brothers and sisters.